today. Thank you, Ms. Chrissy and the worship team. What a beautiful spirit of the Lord. I want to talk to you today, part two, on walking in wisdom or favor and wisdom. And it's going to conclude our series in favor. Next Sunday is BGMC Day. Give God praise. Go BGMC. Oh, that was so weak. That was so... There we go. Only missionaries really get it. Only missionaries really get it. Buddy Barrow's coming to town. He's coming to town. And Mary, you going to have Big Buddy? He's coming in. Okay. He's coming in. You're going to put him... Is he big, big or medium size? Or... He's new. He's new. He's not going to leak and fall over on us. Okay. We don't want a leaking Buddy. We want a firm, strong Buddy. And so we're going to put him up. We're going to receive monies next week for Buddy Barrel for Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. You wouldn't believe how much money. I don't want to spoil it. We'll let you know next week all the monies that was given, BGMC 2021. And we're thankful that we get to have David and Mary Boyd and uh, Jim Calvin and Pam, right, in our own church. We love them. And I know I want you to celebrate everything. Just celebrate. Just humor me. Just celebrate. There you go. Forget it then, forget it. I'm not going to ask you no more questions, no more responses. I'm just going to preach. Love you all. This is part two and the last final lesson in this series on favor. So what is, what is your, what is it you're talking about? Wisdom or favor? Listen, wisdom leads us into favor. You don't have wisdom if you don't follow the way, the will, the pattern of God's word, the ways of God, you're not going to walk in the blessing of God. It's an Old Testament principle. If you obey the words of this book, the Old Testament, right? People of Israel, if you obey the words of this book, your life will be blessed. If you walk, if you walk away from the principles and the law of God, your life's not going to be blessed. Do you want to be blessed? Is anybody here can stand to be blessed? There you are. Okay. Good morning. Glad to have y'all. And so last week we spent most of our time talking about the pathway of a fool. All right. It was negative. It was heavy. It was heavy. It was hard. Now, I mean, no, we got to preach against sin. And we got to tell people the wages of sin and how the effects of sin. Otherwise, we'll have a bunch of people like Samson walking around blinded and lose their purpose, lose their calling, lose their way, lose their walk. It happens to the best of us. And I know people with degrees behind their name, professors in the kingdom of, of God, teaching and preaching Christ, preachers who've been preaching for years and backslide and burn and die in a hell. I know it for certain. Lose their credentials, lose their family, lose their life, lose their way as if it wasn't valuable. Jesus said, what profit is it for you to gain the whole wide world and lose your soul? How many value your soul? Of course you do. Of course you do. And yet we allow the enemy and confusion and especially the world in our day to detour us, to, to get us off the path of wisdom. And now we got to walk in the way of wisdom. So never has so much knowledge brought such little wisdom in all the world like today. And we said the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs 1 and 7. And fools, we said last week, hate wisdom. It's just that simple. It's just that simple, okay? And, and there's effects of choosing the pathway of the world. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it only brings him death, the Bible says. I mean, no, Jesus is the only way of life and peace and hope. So today, instead of staying in, in the uh, in the book of Proverbs, we'll go back and forth. But I want to go to Ephesians. I want to go to the New Testament, see if you find any wisdom in the New Testament. And uh, Paul, a very wise, wise um, 
Hebrew, Roman citizen, Hebrew citizen, you know, Jewish citizen. He was in both both camps, and he was quite quite the Hebrew uh, who was from the tribe of Benjamin, very intellectual, knowledgeable in the law, knowledgeable in the law, impeccable when it comes to the law. Some say, scholars, that maybe he was on the Sanhedrin. I mean, that is uh, that is like the highest official authority in the Jewish uh, religion. And so I think he was wise. I don't know if you can see this. I put it in white. Our text for the day is Ephesians 4, 1 through 7. We're going to go through that. And then verses 17 through 20. And then in chapter 5, 1 through 2, uh, verse 7. And then verses 15 through 17. So that's a lot of scripture. Listen, we need it. I said, if there's everything we need, we need the word. You say, Pastor, I don't have a lot of wisdom. Start reading the Bible. Man, the wisdom of God is the word of God. You want to have the mind of God? Read the word of God. Amen. Get into the book and know the God of the word. Paul said that I might know him almost like that. I might even win him. I'm after him. I'm pursuing him. I'm going after God. I want to know God. I'm certain there's people at Oak Grove this morning would like to know Jesus better. And the way of wisdom. What's the pathway of wisdom? Now that Taylor and Chris are back, we can get started. I love to call people out. It's fun. So I'm trying to, uh, there we go. Let's see what happens. I think I might have gone too much. No, I didn't. All right, so let's go start in verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 1. So I, Paul said, the prisoner for the Lord. Prisoner for the Lord. That puts it in perspective right there. Because Satan's number one trap is when things go bad for you, you begin to blame God. As if God is not good to you. and God's not kind to you. It's the very same thing that, that Satan did to Eve in the garden. Said, hey, hath God really said? I mean, God just doesn't want to be good to you. He wants you to, if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he said, you, you know, you, you don't want you to be as wise as he is. And he used that against Eve and betrayed her. And she thought God was keeping something from her. Satan does that every day. He tries to make people believe that when they go through troubles or trials or prison or any other uh, things uh, of life that bring hardship, that their God is not good to them. How many believe the devil is a liar? So you can't let that happen. Paul says, I'm a prisoner for the Lord, not the devil. The devil didn't put me in prison. I'm here for the gospel's sake. Amen? And I appeal, I appeal to you, he said, to the Ephesian believers. Live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is, to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, and mature behavior. Boy, don't we need a mature church today. A life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. With all humility, verse 2, forsaking self-righteousness. The worst kind of righteousness is, and pride is self-righteous pride. There's a lot of people in church think they hung the moon. How many ever met a know-it-all? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> and gentleness, and gentleness, he's telling us how to walk. Maintaining self-control with patience and bearing with one another in unselfish love. Make every effort to keep the oneness of the spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole body successful, right? There's only one body of believers, one spirit, just as you're called to one hope when called to salvation. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all, that's us. Yet grace, God's undeserved favor, was given to each one of us, not indiscriminately, but in different ways, in proportion to the measure of Christ's rich and abundant gift. 
chapter 4, verses 17 through 20. So this I say, Paul, Paul said, solemnly affirm together with the Lord as in his presence that you must no longer live as the unbelieving Gentiles live. How many believe Christians ought to be different than the world? Okay, I'm a firm believer that if you name the name of Christ, your life ought to be different. Don't live like the Gentiles anymore. How do they live, Pastor? Well, look right here. It says that they live in futility of their minds and in the foolishness and emptiness of their souls. For their moral understanding is darkened and their reasoning is clouded. They are alienated and self-banished from the life of God with no, with no share in it. This is because, you want to know, of the willful ignorance and spiritual blindness that is deeply seated within them because of the hardness and insensitivity of their heart. Mm. And they, the ungodly, in their spiritual apathy, boy, if that's not a definition of the American church, shout amen. It's going to get good in here. I feel it. Spiritual apathy, having become callous and unfeeling, having given themselves over as prey to unbridled sensuality, eagerly craving the practice of every kind of impurity that their desires may demand. But you did not learn Christ in this way. There's a difference between the born-again believer and the world. Now, we say everybody is a Christian today. Can I tell you, everything's not all right in the church. Not everybody's a Christian. There's a lot of people going to church, but not a lot of people going into Christ. I'll say amen anyway. Chapter 5, verse 1 through 2, Therefore, become imitators of God. Uh, copy him and follow his example as well-beloved children. Imitate their father and walk continually in the love. That is, value one another, practice empathy and compassion, unselfishly seeking the best for others, just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God slain for you so that it became a sweet-smelling fragrance and aroma. People ought to know you're a believer. Verse 7, so do not practice or participate or even associate with them in the rebelliousness of sin. For once you were in darkness, but now you are children of the light. Shout, shout somebody. Walk as children of the light. Live as those who are native born to the light. Born again, right? Verse 15, therefore see that you walk carefully. The King James is circumspectfully. That means, means carefully. It means watch where you go. Be very vigilant, very, very careful looking to both directions before you cross the street. Very aware. I mean, there's a real keen devil trying to disappoint you, discourage you, distract you, distort you. So see that you walk carefully, living life with honor, purpose, and courage, shunning those who tolerate, boy, tolerate and enable evil. Not as the unwise, but as the wise. Sensible, intelligible, discerning people making the very most of your time on earth, recognizing and taking advantage of each opportunity and using it with wisdom and diligence because what? The days are evil. How many feel like we're living in evil days? Days filled with evil. Therefore, do not be foolish and thoughtless, but understand firmly, grasp it, get it. What is the will of the Lord? Boy, the Proverbs, it says, uh, Solomon says, hey, in all thy getting, in every kind of thing you can get, get wisdom, get understanding, get discretion, find a way to find God and stay on the path of wisdom. 
That's been the point. And wisdom, listen, wisdom leads us into favor. If you lead the wise life, if you follow the will of God, the word of God, the ways of God, you have the favor of God, the blessing of God. It's just that simple. Follow the way of the fool. And you have a foolish, a foolish outcome. That's just basically the whole thing. I know it was a lot of scripture. But he, he says, Paul says, you used to be a fool until you got saved. Aren't you glad? Come on, I want to see anybody here who's happy to be saved. If you're saved and you know it, shout amen. <laughs> I used to be a fool. I was a fool. Now I'm still a fool. I'm just a fool for Christ. <laughs> we were all born in sin. We were all born fools. It's not like you were a better fool than I was. I mean, when you were lost, you were just as lost as everybody else. That's why at Oak Grove, we do have grace. I said, that's why at Oak Grove, we do welcome people who need Jesus. We do want people off the street to come in here. I don't care how you came in. I don't care who you came with. I mean, Jesus is able to save from the uttermost to the guttermost. Everybody's welcome at Oak Grove. But once you get here, I mean, there's some things to take care of business. You got to take care of business. There's a lot of churches today say, come as you are and stay the way you are. That's not how Oak Grove, that's not how we read the book. Come as you are. You're welcome. We love you. We accept you. We welcome you. You're here. And as soon as you get here, we're going to help you become who God made you to be. You can't stay the same way you are. You won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. Bound, oppressed, tormented, sick or lame. For the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same. You don't know the song? Get a clue, millennials. I'm just teasing. You you got your own songs and I don't know yours either. So Paul in Ephesians 3 gives us our position in Christ. Here's the deal. Many people, even on the pew today in church, don't know their position in Christ. He said, once you realize who you are, the first three chapters, he tells you, man, you are in Christ. How many times? Remember, Brother Jarman, I had you read chapter one. How many times did Jesus, did Paul talk in Christ, that phrase in Christ? Remember you read that? I told you to read that. It must have been 10, 12, 15 times that Paul talks about our stance, our position, our place in Christ. Listen, you are in Christ. You are very wealthy indeed. And I'm not talking about monetary money. I'm talking about the place in him. In him, Paul said, in him, I live, I move, I have my being. All that I am is wrapped up in him. It's in him. I thank God for church. I love church. But if church is all you got, you're missing something. If you have Christ, church will be a no-brainer. If you have church, you may not have Christ. Are you following what I'm saying? So I live I live in an age right now where there are mega churches. People are filling them to the gill. But they look just like the world. You can't tell and differentiate who's in the church and who's in the world. If you look like the, if it smells like a duck, quacks like a duck, waggles their tail like a duck, how I many know it's probably a duck? And we can't tell the difference. And, and, and Paul said, Hey, if you know who you are in Christ, you need to start walking. Amen. First, he says, walk worthy, walk worthy of the calling. Hey, how many, how, how many found it to be a privilege to serve Jesus? How many find it a joy to serve the Lord? I mean, really, it's not a hard thing. He died for us. He gave us freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty and freedom. I said, we've walked out of bondage. We're walked into the Lord. We're in the grace of God. We're in the kingdom of God. We're in the kingdom. We should be rejoicing. 
If I had a Pentecostal church this morning, they'd be having Jericho march about right now. Man, to know who you have. If you know whose you belong to, then it should make a difference. I said, if Jesus is in your heart, somebody needs to notify your face. Shouldn't have a sour Christian. Shouldn't have a sour outlook. I don't care if there's war everywhere. How many know Jesus is still in my heart? Doesn't matter what we have going on in the world. I am outside of the world. I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. I don't have to participate in the things the world participates in. I'm not in darkness anymore. I'm in the light. So I've been blessed. I've been called out of darkness, right? So he's trying to explain to us, walk worthy of the calling that you have. Walk worthy of the call. He explains what worthy walk looks like. And he goes on. He says, chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it's a humble walk. It's a humble walk. Arrogance, and listen, arrogance and pride is the way of the fool. Humility and unity and love, that's the way of the wise. So build your house on the rock. The wise man builds it. Is anybody listening this morning? Do I have to go back to children's church? Gary, can you help me? The wise man built his house upon the rock. Say, Pastor, don't treat us like children. Then grow up. Wise people build the house on the rock. Amen? Foolish on the sand. Wise are, are, are proud and arrogant. I mean, the foolish are proud and arrogant. The wise are humble and loving and gentle, it says. And gentle. Don't play the fool. Get rid of arrogance. There's only one way. That is the way of the, of the Lord. And the way of the arrogant is the way of the fool. He said, you got to walk worthy. He emphasized this walk is a different walk than the way of the world. So walk in the light. Did I miss something? Walk in the light. Walk in the light. John says you walk in the light as you see the light. Not everybody grows on a spiritual level the same way. No cookie cutter Christians at Oak Grove. Some are just getting in. Some have gotten out. Some got back in. Some are in for a long time. Some are here. Wish they wasn't. I'm just telling you, I've pastored long enough to know not everybody's on the same page. But if you're in the same house, how many know you're in the same house and you're serving the same king? I said, there's only one kingdom, one body, one baptism, one Lord. Come on now. We're one body. We are one body. And, and uh, we are one body with many members. And the eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. We need each other. You got to walk together. You got to walk in unity. Is anybody getting this? You're not walking by yourself. You got to walk in humility and unity. You're not the only one doing this. Be patient with one another. Forbear one another, it says. Let's get together. Somebody shout, get together. Get together. Humility and gentleness, not arrogance and pride. Unified. You're not walking alone. So be patient with me. He's still working on me. I feel like I'm in children's church today to make me all I hope to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and stars, the sun and the earth and Jupiter and Mars. How lovely is patient. How many glad for his patience? I mean, Jesus has patience, shouldn't we? I mean, people have been patient with you. Shouldn't you be patient with people? I mean, no, American culture has lost its patience. I get it. I lose it sometimes. How many of you be honest with pastor? You lost your patience this week. This week? Oh, you don't want to really get real. Let's keep going. Let's not get real. It hurts to be patient, bearing with each other, uh, building unity in the family of God. Don't act like the Gentiles. 
Don't be like the Gentiles. What is he saying? The Gentiles live like this. You are different. You're different. You're not a Gentile. Gentiles and Jews, they were coming to Christ in the same body. They started, oh, man, Jess, they started, they weren't getting along too well. Those stinking Gentiles, those God-forsaken Samaritans are in the same house as the Jews. Can you believe it? Who is this Jesus? They have audacity to make us worship together. I mean, we either better get along down here or we're never going to make it up there. And if you can't come to church here, how are you going to go to heaven there? Come on, you got to get disciplined. You got to walk. You got to walk in humility. You got to get along with people. Well, I love, I love God. I love church. It's the people I can't stand. I mean, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Jesus died for all the people you hate. I love the way you're helping me here. So don't do like the, see, the Gentiles weren't helping each other. They were not connecting well. He says, keep the unity of the spirit, verse three. How do you do that, pastor? Remember, one body, one Holy Spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. And he nails it down. He says, listen, I, I have given you some gifts to the church. Chapter 4, right? 13, 14 says, hey, I've given you pastors. Come on, shout somebody, shout. I gave you a pastor. You missed a chance to shout. I gave you a pastor. Thank God. Thank God. He didn't give you a preacher. He didn't give you a hireling. He gave you a man and woman of God who are called of God. Not hirelings. Nobody wanting to just let your soul go and don't care about you. We care about you. It's a gift from the Lord. It's a gift from the Lord. Are we taking up an offering? Is it Pastor Appreciation Day or something? Just saying. It's a gift. So are missionaries. So are evangelists. So are prophets and teachers. They're all a gift to the church. For what? For what? So that we grow up into maturity. To equip the saints to get along together. To walk in humility. To walk to walk differently than the world. We're not supposed to be fighting like the Corinthians. We're not supposed to be having uh, schisms in the church. And a hierarchy in the church. And this is the people that are spiritual. These are all the dumb ones. These are all the smart ones. These are the philosophers. These are the wise. And these are the poor. And these are the rich. I mean, oh, the devil is a liar. At Oak Grove, there's neither poor nor rich. Come on now, help me out. There's only Oak Grove. I said, we are. Every one of us. And if you don't like one, you don't like all of us. And if you like one of us, you like all of us. Y'all going to make me say it? Are you going to make me say it? Love me or hate me, but don't ignore me. Pucker up or duck, but here I come. I've been saying it for 20 years. I might as well keep the tradition. How do you do this? So so that the body may be built up together, matured. Uh, verse 13 nails it down. Until we all reach the unity of the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature. Your goal this morning is to get mature, get wisdom, get understanding, get discretion, be diligent, find the path of God and stay in it. I believe in the keeping power of Jesus Christ. I believe he's not only able to save you, I believe he's able to keep you. Now, we have this lie going on in our culture today in many churches that says, well, you give your heart to Jesus, make a decision, but it's going to take you a long, long time. And so we're just going to be tolerant with you until you just send your way into salvation. I mean, no, that's ridiculous. Everything you need, God gave you at salvation. I don't think y'all believe that. Now, I know that there's babes in Christ who are drinking the milk of the word. But how many know they're drinking? I know little Tommy's drinking. He's swelling up. And that's just milk. I mean, oh, he's growing. 
He's like 20, 30, 40, 50 pounds, I think, already. Not, yeah, I don't know. I'm scared to give him cereal. What is he going to do on cereal? He's breaking my arm as it is. So it's a natural progression of growth and maturity. He eats, he drinks milk, and then later he'll be able to eat bigger food, big boy food, and then just grab a steak and go after it, right? So all of us are growing on different levels, but we have to walk in the light as we see the light. That's what John's saying. You know, it might be a slower pace for you. It might be a faster pace for you, but we have to be tolerant for each other in the kingdom. But what we're doing in the church today is we're tolerating sinners and not tolerating saints. I said, we're tolerating sin and not tolerating the saint. So we love all sinners. Don't we at Oak Grove? We love all sinners. But we hate sin. We despise sin. We can't stand pride. I can smell pride a mile away. It's an attitude. It's a know-it-all. And Paul said, love, love is what we need because knowledge puffs up. The Greeks love knowledge, gnosis, Gnosticism. They love that. They love theory. They love uh, in, intellectual, elegant talk, orator, uh, speech, uh, therapy, uh, uh, which is theory, and the next new thing, and the next thing trying to try trying to impress somebody with their with their oratory speech, enticing words of man's wisdom. And Paul said, "You know what?" I'm done with all that. I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. Because to them it's foolishness. The preaching of the cross. Is anybody here believe what pastor's preaching? To the world, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. How can one man come and save the whole world? I'll tell you how. God made it that way. And I, I just come under the authority of my God. I don't rebel against it. I don't theorize it. I don't, I don't try to, uh, you know, reason my way around it. I just believe it. I just believe the gospel. How many here believe the gospel? I mean, hook, line, and sinker. I took it and I went with it. And you know what? He has blessed my life. I know I tried it the other way. I was ignorant and away, just like the Gentiles. That's what he's trying to say. It's a comparison here. I just want to read it with you so you can get it. It's a different way to live. Quit. Quit playing the fool. Walk towards maturity together. And he describes what the walk looks like. It's a different walk. It's a different walk. It's a walk of love. It's a walk of light. I want you to see that. Don't walk as Gentiles or Jews. Walk as Christians. No longer live as the Gentiles did. Verse 17 said, how did they live? In the futility of their own mind, in their own thinking. They reason their way. Right? In the Greek culture. You know? I don't know much about uh, Socrates. I didn't get into philosophy. I made a B in philosophy, but I made an A in Jesus. Come on, I need somebody to help me out here. You want to learn something? Learn the ways of God. But it doesn't sound that great. We need to know the way of the world. What really has the way of the world given us? Hmm. You receive the fruit of what you dig and learn. Understand, no longer live as the Gentiles did. They live and they're, and they're darkened. They're understand, they're, they're, their understanding was darkness, separated from the life of God. Why? Because of the ignorance that is in them. Due to the hardening of their hearts, they refused to believe God. And they lost all sensitivity, verse 19. They gave themselves over to sensuality. Gave themselves over to sensuality. James says sin 
when it is fully mature, bring forth death. See, so like we, we are pulling ourselves out of the will of God. Lust. When you're, when you're drawn away by your own lust. You understand that? Satan is always drawing just like the Holy Ghost is always drawing. How many know there's a war over your mind? There's a war over your soul. There's a war over our believers in this house and over this church. There's a war over our country. And is the church of God going to sit back and let the enemy steal this nation that was based upon Christian Judeo-Christian principles? Are we going to do that? Well, we're halfway there or more. So as to indulge in every kind of, every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. Understand, they, they created temple prostitutes. In other words, now we're prostitutes in the temple. Can I tell you, just because you bring a prostitute into the temple doesn't make her religion or Christ. A prostitution still a sin. Last I found, a prostitution still a sin. Do we love the prostitute? Of course we do. Jesus said, hey, he who's without sin cast the first stone. Saved her right there. I mean, oh, God saved the prostitute. And God can save you too. And he saved the, the whoremonger. And he saved the, the homosexual. And he saved, and he, how I many know he saved all of us? Saved every one of us. Basically, we're all fools that got saved. So Paul's saying, hey, you were a fool. I was a fool. We all got saved. Stop living like a fool. You're not a fool anymore. Walk in the love of God. Walk in the wisdom of God. You, however, did not come to know Christ that way. He said, you're different. You're a holy nation, a peculiar people. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are peculiar. You're peculiar. Weird as a $3 bill. Separated from the world, right? But a fool is separated from the life of God. So then Paul makes the, the contrast. And so you, however, did not come to know Christ that way. Verse 22, you were taught when it comes to your old life to put off the old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Verse 24, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. It's a light walk. It's a walk in the light. You are, are not of the night. I said, you're people of the day. You're not people of the night. I said, we don't. The night life is not for you. What is a person of the day doing in the night? Why are you there in the night with the world, with the Gentiles? You should be in the day. You see that? But our, our culture said, it's okay. Eat, drink, and be merry. It's okay for you to drink and go out and carouse and do whatever you want. Jesus gave you grace. He gave you. I mean, he brought you in to save you. And he has some limitations for you. You don't have a right. Just because you're saved don't give you the right to go out and just sin. Blatantly live like a person of the night. You're people of the day. He's trying to bring a contrast. Is anybody getting this so far? Live a life of light. Walk in the light. Live a life of love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us. He goes on to talk about the marriage covenant later on, chapter 5, verse 18. That Christ laid down his life and he's wanting us to live our life unto him. Right? It's a light, it's a light walk. It's a not darkness, but light. It's a love walk. It's not hate, but love. And mainly, mainly, and foremost, our whole point, it's a walk of wisdom. Man, I thank God for wisdom. My pastor, when I first got saved, did a whole series. He was in a series on wisdom 
for three years. Sunday morning. Three years. I thought, will we ever get out of Proverbs? I was just saved and had no idea what these pithy sayings were all about. I knew one, though. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I mean, that's it. That's it. And you go to Ecclesiastes chapter 13, the end of the thing. Hey, hey, love God. <laughs> love God and hate sin, right? Love God and hate sin. That's about as simple as it gets. And I don't want to make it complicated for anybody. Are you still with me? I got a couple of minutes left. And most importantly, wise walk. And when you came to Christ, you came out of foolishness, he said, and into wisdom. Chapter 5, 15 through 17. He's saying, so the world cannot walk humbly. They're too proud. But you're not the world. You can walk in humility and unity. And he said, they are mad. They're fighting over everything. They're fighting for their rights. They don't even know the meaning of humility. Uh, humility. They're, they're arrogant. They're anti-God. They're proud. They're, they're full of knowledge, puffed up. Putin is a great example which means they can't walk in unity. They can't get along with anybody. They hate everybody. Either either they think they own the world. They think they own the world. So smart, but how ignorant. And they definitely can't walk in love, for they don't have the life of God or the love of God. And apart from him, I mean, no, there is no real love. You want to know love? You got to know God, right? And then and, and John tells you all that. I don't have to have time to go into it, but... Uh, <laughs> And they, and they can't know light because it's in itself a system of self-damning darkness, blinded by, by sin and self and Satan and society. The God of this world has blinded our eyes with sin and self, right? And Satan himself and society. There's a four-point sermon for anybody who wants to preach it one day. I don't have any more time. Ultimately, the world can't know wisdom because the wisdom of God is hidden from the man, uh, it's hidden from the mind of man. And so Paul said it best. They are ever learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Second Timothy 3, 7. Why? They have the wrong message. I mean, no, they have the wrong message. The Quran has a message, but it's the wrong message. I need somebody to help pastor preach. The Quran has a message, but it says Jesus is just a prophet. How I many know it's a wrong message? He is the living God. He's Jesus Christ, and he is the only way. And so the Quran has a message, but it's the wrong one. It's the wrong one. Buddha has a message. It's the wrong one. But the fact is, you can't go ask Buddha or Muhammad to, to give you any enlightenment. You know why? Because they're dead. But if you have any idea of any question about the word of God, you can go right to the throne of grace. How many know Jesus is alive this morning? Our God is alive. He's not some prophet and a good teacher. He's Jesus, the son of the living God. And the word of God is real. It's quick. It's powerful. Every time you open this book, you're in the presence of the author. And you can say, Holy Spirit, Tell me I don't understand everything pastor's screaming about. And he'll tell you. And if you don't know, come out, I'll tell you it again. He's saying the world cannot handle this. They are carnal. They don't get it. They have the wrong message. They have the wrong teacher. Man, you get with the wrong teacher. Listen, the Moonies. And what gets me is the discipline, the dedication, the devotion they give to all these false teachers and religions. 
They make them go and ride a bike for two years and witness. You can barely get somebody to invite somebody to the church in the real kingdom. Oh, I wish I had some help now. Get the Moonies to stand on the corner and give a rose. Can't get married. Abstain. Be a monk. Stand in the tree. All of these. They're not monks. They're monkeys. Because they got the wrong message and the wrong teacher. How many glad the Holy Spirit teaches us? Oh, you don't need Pastor Ron. I know the unction of the Holy Ghost can teach you. You receive Jesus, you receive the wisdom of God. You receive Jesus, you have the knowledge of God. The wisdom of God resides and lives in you. And then you have the word of God. Not only the living word, you have the written word in you. Which is the hope of glory. And that word will lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit is your teacher. I said the Holy Spirit is your teacher. And that's what the gift is. It's a beautiful gift. And then there's a wrong, there's a wrong attitude. If you know it all, listen to me, know it alls. None in the house here, but there's got to be a know it all somewhere online. I'm sure you can call Google. They'll tell you the truth. All the knowledge of the world is wrapped up in one. I don't even know what to call it. Website, (laughs) Google, train, engine. I'm not a techie. It's in there. Right now it's in the clouds. Go find it. You know what cloud I'm looking for? I'm looking for the cloud that Jesus is coming back on. That's the cloud I'm looking for. Oh, that'll preach all day long. So you can go and Google Google it. Google it. I can't make, I, I cook. I love to cook. I love to cook. Mr. Jerry, I cook. And he, he likes Cajun cooking and everything. So I, I Google it. How do you make a, a beef stew? Because Melissa's good at stew. I'm not good at stew. I just not. But everything I cook, they don't like. So I got to get good at what they like. So how do you make a stew? Boom. 85,000 stews. Anyway, you want to make a stew. Cowboy stew, princess stew. I'm just saying, knowledge is there. But I'm here to tell you, so is wisdom. The wisdom of God is available to you. You don't need just knowledge. Knowledge is one thing. Wisdom is another. I know a lot of people with knowledge that don't know how to live their life. They can't get along in their marriage. They don't know how to get along at work. They can't get along in the church. They don't know how to walk. I want you to see this. I just want you to see this. Uh, Dr. Jeremiah, uh, David Jeremiah, always learning and listening and, and to anybody who will teach them, but to never come to the knowledge of the truth because they had the wrong message, wrong teaching, the wrong attitude. If all the world's knowledge from the beginning of history until 1845 would equal one inch, Okay, all the knowledge of the known world from the history of, of knowledge, or as far as we can go back, to, to 1845, it would be equal to one inch on the ruler. You seeing that? From 1845 to 1945, it would then equal three inches. Three inches. But from 1945, look at this. From 1945 to today, it would be as tall as the Washington a lot of it. But never has people been so ignorant. My goodness. I didn't even know since COVID what happened to common sense. Is that one of the side effects of COVID? You lost common sense? (laughs) 
I, I don't want to stop there, but I'd love to visit a little while. I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I mean, we need a president that has common sense. I mean, I mean, you, you don't take people out of a country and leave all, all the weapons in the country for them to take. I'm, I'm not even a strategic war guy. I've never been in the Pentagon. But I know better than that. You gave the enemy millions and billions of dollars. Worth of, I'm not going to get into politics. I'm just telling you that was a dumb move. I think he's got more to come. More to come. Stay tuned. I mean, oh, we need to be praying for our president. And I mean, like, never, not because you like him. I don't care if you like him or not. Pray for him. Pray for him. And pray for his, his predecessors and the people and his people in his cabinet. Dear Lord. I mean, we have plenty of knowledge, but wisdom? Nah. Nah, not our culture. Because the wisdom of God is unattainable to a fool. You see that? In short supply for believers as well. But if you're a Christian, a true believer. I tell, people tell me all the time, Pastor, I'm a Christian. I said, really? Do Christians do what you've been doing? Well, um, um, I hope not, but I'm a Christian. No, 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 no. Christians don't live like you're living. So get a clue. You're not a Christian. Pastor loves you enough to tell you the truth. You can pretend to be a Christian, but Christians don't live like that. That's a fool. Christians get their heart right and start walking on the way, on the way of God, obeying the word of God, the will of God. That's what Christians do. So that's why everybody today just is a Christian. Talk to him. Go anywhere. Except the one lady at Burger King. I was driving through in my last church, and I stopped at Burger King to get a hamburger. I like Burger King. Anybody else? Three, All three of you. It's flame broiled. It's very good. It's just a home of the Wapa. Anyway, I got to get going. I got to get going. I said to the lady, because she had a sweet smile and seems a sweet attitude, I said, oh, you... You brighten my day, lady. I said, uh, you must be a Christian. Oh, no, sir. I'm a Catholic. Forget that Christian business. So Paul's whole point here is to walk it out. If you're a Christian, a true believer, you can walk in humility and unity. You can walk differently than the world. You can walk in love. You can walk in light. You can walk in wisdom. You are all these things. So walk it out. Live it out. Work out your own salvation. What? In the fear of the Lord. That ought to be your motivator. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. God's looking for a peculiar people, a holy nation, set apart. Come out of darkness into the wonderful, marvelous light. Quit trying to say you're wise and walk like a fool. Quit doing that. And quit being tolerant to everybody else who's doing it. What we've done is we've given a license. People say they're Christian. Now they believe they're a Christian. And now they're just as good as you. I can be a Christian. I'm going to go to the same church as you. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. We're all a Christian. Wrong. So, Pastor, you don't sound very tolerant. I'm not feeling very tolerant today. I'm sweating. But our world has crushed and shoved us into its image, conformed into the image of the world. And we can hardly recognize who, who we are in this generation. We lost our identity. Used to be you can go to an Assembly of God church, Max, and that Assembly of God down the church or down the road, just pretty much similar to this one, at least in, in doctrine. We got assembly got churches debating whether the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues is still is real is real for us today. 
God, help us. You know what I say? If you don't want to believe it, find another place to go. But no, they like to say, they believe whatever they want to believe and stay simply God. And nobody's going to do anything about it. You know why? No accountability. No accountability. So eat, drink, and be merry. Nobody's going to discipline you anyway. They have police, but they can't do anything. That's why martial law is the order of the day. People are walking into department stores and walking out with whatever they want. Nobody can stop them. Police is looking at them. No common sense. I mean, you don't even need wisdom. You need common sense. Hey, hey, they're stealing. But stealing ain't bad anymore. Stealing ain't bad. He didn't shoot us, so, I mean, that's nice. If you'd have shot me, I'd have done something. But I'd be dead. I can't do anything. So walk like you live. Live like you believe. You want to protect your path? Walk in wisdom. You got to know the rules. You want him to direct your path? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. That's wisdom right there. Not your own reasoning, not your own understanding. The ways of God. And he wants to perfect your path. Know his purpose. See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools. Verse 14, before that, said, read. It reads like this, awake from your sleep and rise from your your death, and Christ will give you light. In other words, get saved. Then after you get saved, walk wisely. Walk like you're saved. Not like an Egyptian. Walk like you're saved. Self-deceived into believing a lie. It's pitiful because I think the church created that. I think the church created that. I don't want to be so hard on the world. The church said it was okay. The church said, you're okay, I'm okay, do what you want, I'm not going to say anything. Just pay your tithe and give to the church and it'll be all right, everybody's okay. Your little bit of sin is not going to work. Drink, 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 drink all you want to, be social, social drinking. Dance your heart out, just go ahead, have a party, and come Sunday, pay your tithe. See you next Sunday. I don't care if you come for six Sundays, pay your tithe. But that's not Old Grove. That's not Old Grove. You will hate us by the time it's over with. (laughs) We will love you anyway. I believe when you get saved, when Jesus lives in you, then you have all you need to be saved and stay saved. So uh, many years now, uh, (laughs) you don't have to try to get it figured out. That cheap grace has cost us a generation. It's cost us a generation. They don't even know what saved means. 1 Corinthians one thirty says, But of him are you in Christ, who uh, who of God is made unto us, Wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. All four of those. Immediately when you got saved, you got all of that. And look at the order. Redemption's last. As soon as you got saved, you got wisdom. And sanctification. The Holy Spirit comes in, sanctifies you, makes you holy, right? Not perfect, holy. Holy, set apart. For the work of God, for maturity in the body, right? Together we're going to make it. I said, together we're going to make it. Oh, Grove, Melissa and I need you. And you need us. And together we're going to make it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need you. Come on, tell them. I don't care if you even know them. Just say, I need you. I need you. I need you. I need you. And I don't know you, but I will get to know you because I need you. I need you. I need all the help I can get. Can anybody say amen to that? So you know better. Wisdom resides in you. You become accountable. You become accountable. You are redeemed. You are no longer a fool. Are y'all hearing me? 
Colossians 2, 3, Christ in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Are you in Christ? Then you have all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It's already in you. Gary, it's already in you, buddy. You ain't got to go look for muster it up. You know what I mean? It's already there. All you got to do is pull out the potential. Let me just tell something before we close here. Within you and me, fool or righteous, sinner or saint, within us is the propensity to sin. It's also the propensity to live for God. Which way are you going to go? Are you seeing that? You can pull out evil desires and walk in evil way. Pull out good desires to walk in the way of God. This is the way. Now walk in it. This is the way everlasting, the Bible says. Now walk in this. Jesus is eternal life, right? You are complete in him. You are complete in him. If you're in him. If you're not in him, you don't have a clue what I'm talking about. And you have, you have what you need. So walk worthy of the calling. That's why today's cheap grace is killing us. Quickie salvation decisions without accountability. Like kids who get in trouble. You ever get your kids get in trouble? You say, why did you do that? I don't know. I don't know. Really, you don't know? I'll tell you why, because you were born with the devil. And I got a switch that's called sanctification. I'm about to sanctify you and make you holy. And that's what it's done. Wisdom is available to you today. Chrissy Taylor, worship team wants to come back. All I really wanted to say throughout this whole series is wisdom is available to you. How can I get it, Pastor? Ask God. James 1 5 says, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And God will give it to you liberally without holding anything back. Without holding anything back. God wants you to have his wisdom. He wants you to know him. How about sitting under wise people? Who's teaching you? Who's your mentor? Who are you hanging around with? Are you hanging around with the losers? Hey, Psalm 1-1. Blessed are those who walk in the way of godly people. Favored. Blessed, happy are those who walk in the way of God, right? Not in the way of sinners who stand in the way of, of, of scoffers, who sit in the seat of scoffers and stand in the way of sinners, whatever. Walketh not in the way of the ungodly. Do you understand that? So, because you're redeemed, you're no longer a fool. Is anybody glad to be in the kingdom of God? If you're in the kingdom, would you just stand? Stand, all of you. If you're not in the kingdom, you can walk this way and get in the kingdom today. And those listening to me on the phone, if you're not in the kingdom of God, if you're if you're walking away from God, you're miserable. Listen, Paul said, of all men, you're most miserable if you don't know Jesus. It's an empty, empty life. It's void of any hope. It's void of any goodness. Satan is a taker. God is a giver. Come on, old girl. Satan is a taker. God is a giver. He'll give you hope and life. He'll make you complete. He'll help you. The Holy Spirit will teach you. And wisdom is is available to you. It's just the beginning of the walk. There is more. How many want more wisdom? More love. More light. More Holy Spirit. Come on, let me see your hand. You want more? Let's just let's just ask the Lord to help us.